All right, Steph, I've got a question for you. What's your favorite book of all time? Uh, obviously, you met her where? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Bible. Oh, oops. <laughs> oh. So what's your second favorite book of all time? You met her where? <laughs> <laughs> a distant second. Totally distant. It's a pretty good book. Sorry, God. It's still a pretty, pretty good book. But we're so excited. Where can people get our book? Honey? Okay, I know this. Uh, Amazon.com. Yes. Barnes & Noble. Yes, and? And our website, KevinStuff.com. And, and what happens if they buy it off our website? <gasps> what do they get? Uh, an autograph from us. Yes. Who wouldn't want that? Exactly. So, listeners, if you've already read the book, thank you so much. We've had such good feedback. One thing that helps us, if you can give us a review on Amazon.com, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, we have an amazing conversation with Amy Frutiger, who talks about her story of being healed overnight. Absolutely incredible. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Tell Us a Good Story. stuff our next guest honey has an incredible story an incredible story of healing Mm. and i think a lot of folks today don't even believe in healing they don't they don't however this is one of those stories where when you listen to it you come to find out it, it could only have been god for sure only have been god so ladies and gentlemen our next guest holds many many titles she is a mom, wife to a very funny man, <laughs> whose sense of humor I very much appreciate. <laughs> she is also a speaker, worship leader, singer-songwriter, and author of the book, Healed Overnight. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Mrs. Amy Frutiger. Hey, guys. Good to see you tonight. Thank you for having me, Kevin oh, Stephanie. So, so good to Pleasure. see you. Oh, we're so excited for the I love your podcast. To hear. <laughs> oh, yes! thank you. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Thank you. We are, first of all, honored that you would accept our invitation. I feel like everyone who is, you know, I, I don't want to say anybody who's hurting or need, needs healing, anyone needs to hear the story because yes. it's phenomenal. I honestly don't know if I would believe it unless I truly <laughs> saw it from my own eyes. Yes. Hey, and I because get that. It, That's true. It's miraculous. It's just, I'm so excited for listeners to hear this. Yes. I feel like I didn't believe it for the first couple of years. So <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, and I, and I cry telling it even nine years later. I mean, I still get emotional because it, it's just so impactful to my, everything to, to my life. So yeah. First of all, thank you for saying yes to us. Steph had sent you a direct message on Facebook that did not get answered. <laughs> And then I sent a direct totally message to Amy, and she you. answered me within an hour. So yeah, well, I am know. so privileged, Amy, that you answer my messages and you completely ghost. Well, and ignore I have to stuff. say, Thank all you. of my friends know that I'm terrible about answering messages, and especially on Facebook. Like, I never look at Facebook events or anything. So, like, you missed my birthday yes. party. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Stephanie, it was nothing personal. <laughs> 
I'm like, babe, you try. She didn't respond like, to me. She didn't respond to me. Right. No, <laughs> it was nothing personal, I promise. Well, it, I'm just it made my it. day. <laughs> it made my day. So I just wanted well, to publicly publicly bring that up and okay. bring that to your attention, Stephanie. Okay. All right. <laughs> Julie noted, babe. Yes. Yes. And um, second of all, I want to let you know how impressed I am with your book. Thank you. And your book is titled Healed Overnight, My Encounter with the Supernatural. Yeah. And I'm impressed with how open you are in the book because you're talking about body issues that you've dealt with from teenage Mm -hmm. years to nine years later when you're healed. Yep. And so, so very courageous of you. And I'm sure this was incredibly hard to write and relive some of those moments yeah. that you'd had in the past. And just want to let you know how impressed I was. Thank you. With, with your writing and you being so open to the struggles you've had in the past. Thank you. Well, I mean, if it can help one person, it was worth it. And that's what I felt, you know, as I wrote it several years after the healing happened, I just hoped that someone who felt like they were completely lost, completely lonely in their struggles, whatever those struggles are, and maybe they've lost hope. I just, I wanted it to be a lifeline for them when they're reading this, that there is hope for even the most hopeless situations. So what I want to do, I want to read some excerpts from your book because I thought it was so incredible. Okay. And I want to start with the teenage years and there's about maybe four excerpts that I want to read as we go through the conversation. Okay. So okay. I'm going to set the table here yeah. for you to share your story, but this is the introduction. Okay. And listeners, you'll have to buy the book to get the whole story. <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple summaries here, some notes at the age of 18. I found myself in a downhill physical battle that lasted nine years. A growth in my abdomen had grown the size of 13 pounds, the equivalent weight of 15 cans of soda or a large bowling ball. I looked six months pregnant. My spine had so much pressure on it that it was straight in the lower part and the vertebrae stuck out. My lower abdomen often ached and I could not lay on my stomach. The muscles in my legs always hurt. I had digestion issues. Eating often made me feel nauseous. My organs were displaced by the growth. I suffered several infections. People who didn't know me were constantly asking if I were pregnant. I struggled with symptoms for so long, they became the lens through which I viewed myself. I hated my body because mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, wow. absolutely. It was a very the age dark. Of 18. Yeah, very, very dark time. And so not only was I dealing with the mental torment of not knowing what was wrong with me, but I also was dealing with a soul sickness that was um, the fact that I hated my body. I hated the fact that it was broken. I hated how I looked. I hated how I felt. Um, I hated that I couldn't do the things I wanted to do, that I couldn't pursue my dreams. And, you know, here I am in college, I'm doing a performance major. Um, I'm getting up to sing in front of people and feeling just horrible about myself, having people ask me, you know, if I was pregnant and struggling with eating, struggling with sleeping at night um, comfortably, just all of these multiple things that continued to snowball through these years. Um, and, you know, as it goes, like we'll, we'll dismiss, you know, one symptom and then it becomes two things and then it becomes three things. And so as it got worse and worse, there were more doctors brought in to find out what was wrong and to no avail. So it was really a kind of desperate and dark time. So you were 18 
Did this mass just appear? Did it start small and you were just starting to have issues? Yeah. How did it start? Yeah. So it actually started when I was in college. I was getting some photos done um, with my choir there at the school. And you know how us girls like, we'll, we'll suck in our tummies to get a picture. You know how you, and I noticed like, wow, it doesn't like my stomach won't pull in. And so I was at that time like working out a ton. I was jogging. Um, you know, three to five miles a day and things like that. So I was noticing that that was getting harder and harder. So I asked my personal trainer at the time, like, what do you think this is? You know, like feel my, this, my abdomen muscles, like what's going on? And he wasn't really sure, but so he started, you know, recommending, well, maybe like meeting with a a physical therapist would try to help because he thought maybe it was a muscular imbalance at first. So that was the first thing that happened. And I just noticed like it was very hard. And then from there, um, the like eating stuff started. So I, I noticed like I was feeling physically ill after every time I ate and that went on for years. Um, so like I had to eat a very bland diet. I had to, you know, just kind of dismiss myself th- from the room sometimes cause I felt like I was going to be ill after eating anything really. And so that continued. And so, you know, my doctor prescribed me um, some sort of medication that would help with acid reflux. Cause she thought, well, maybe that's it. You know, maybe this is like a digestive disorder. Um, I was tested for Crohn's. I was tested for PCOS. I was, you know, check. I went to a hormone therapist doctor to see if it was female issues. I went to an endocrinologist. I went to other doctors who were, um, thinking that it was probably an organ issue or an internal GI issue or something like that until, uh, you know, later on down the road, it just kept getting worse and worse. So that, that mass grew to the point where it was entangled within my organs. And, um, I didn't find that out though, until a few years down the road when all of these other symptoms were kind of snowballing and it just, you know, it would get worse by the the month. So it was, you know, without the diagnosis, it was hard to say, okay, here's what I need to change to feel better. And I had doctors say, you know, this is probably just the way that you are you are just going to have these issues you're going to have to deal with the symptoms of um, because there's, there's just something inherently wrong with your spine or there's something wrong with your organs. They're just not functioning properly. But I never could get the connection of all those symptoms with one doctor to say, here's what's causing these problems. And so that was the frustrating part on top of the fact that I wanted to be married. I, I wanted to be married and have children and you know, through my early 20s, a time that should have been a really fun time, it was a really dark time. So it was slow growing. Your stomach gets bigger, but no doctor ever said, let's do an x-ray. There, there seems to be a mass here. No one even said that. My mom even asked the, the endocrinologist, you know, why don't we do a, a scan? Like, shouldn't we do a scan? And she kind of looked at me and she's like, you know, she kind of pulled my mom aside a little bit and acted like I was crazy. Like she's a teenager. She doesn't like her body. That's normal. And so even despite the fact that we had asked for those things um, kind of early on, they were dismissed. And they, and I was kind of told, you know, this is just the way your body's shaped. Probably you're probably just going to have to deal with some of these um, spinal issues it looks like you have a little bit of a straight back in the lower spine area. That's probably causing muscle, muscular imbalances. So there were these things that were said, like, basically, you're going to have to live with it. And so because that early doctor that we talked to said all that, and we had asked for a scan at that point, 
we had then just kind of put it aside, like, well, okay, I guess that's it. You know, and, and then I had just on this process, on this journey, I had seen doctors to mask symptoms and to deal one-on-one with symptoms that I was experiencing, but I could never get that all-encompassing diagnosis of the root cause. So this is what I don't understand because, you know, we met you early on when you did have this mask. You were tiny, Mm -hmm. like you're a very tiny woman. Yeah. And, but yet you had this protruding belly and let's be honest, Yes, this could be how your body is. If you're bloated, you were yeah. bloated. Yeah. So how did you feel at that moment? You were lean, you were fit, but you, your belly just kept getting bigger. How did you mentally handle that? Well, I mean, I remember many times wishing that I could dress like my friends, wear normal clothes. Um, instead, I ended up shopping almost maternity clothes sometimes, trying to find anything that would cover my body. I was really good at that, you know, finding clothes that kind of didn't show all of those things. So I wore a lot of baggy tops and jackets and things like that. I hated wearing swimsuits. I never wanted to see myself in a swimsuit. I never wanted to, you know, be in short sleeve t-shirts because it was really obvious. And we actually uh, took a a missions trip out out of the country and I had probably five or six people in that country who didn't know me, you know, at pull me aside and ask me like, when are you do what's going on? And so, and, and of course they knew I wasn't married. So I was super embarrassed about that as well. Um, and I thought, well, who is ever going to want to marry me? Who, you know, I'm not attractive. I'm not, um, you know, my body is, is, is broken. Essentially I felt like damaged goods. And that's kind of what that doctor had told me. Because you, Oh, can I go one more time? <laughs> go ahead. Yes. Because Correct me if I'm wrong. Like you were saving yourself for marriage. Absolutely. Yeah. So Amy, for those of us who know you, know that you are a phenomenal singer and songwriter. Thank you. And when we came to the church, immediately one of the first things we said is that girl, well, you were a teenager at the time. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, that girl needs to try out for American Idol. Mm -hmm. Right? Like phenomenal. Yep. Phenomenal. So what I read here in this next excerpt, is heartbreaking to me. So this is titled, Letting Go of Dreams. This is on starting on page 25. I had several dreams for my life, travel on missions, record music, and create art. In my early 20s, I had some opportunities to pursue some of those dreams. I had been writing songs since childhood, and people always commented that I should record an album. I could get lost in making music, and the songs just kept coming to me. I saved the money, found a producer, and recorded my first solo album in 2005. The day I wrapped up my final mixing session, I also went into a photo shoot for the album cover. During the shoot, the photographer kept encouraging me, just pull your tummy in or skinny pose. Only I couldn't. I wanted to burst into tears and run out of the studio. I just knew I would hate every photo. When my album released, my band and I started doing some concerts around my home state. I remember well the last concert I did. It was my last concert because at the end of it, a woman came up and said, so you're pregnant, right? Her tone had an accusatory sound. After all, during the concert, I had shared about being single and saving my virginity for when I was married. No, I'm not, I whimpered. What? You have to be. Are you sure? She said loudly. Yes, ma'am. I'm very sure. Thank you. I never wanted to do a concert ever again. 
Yeah. And I think that was my last <laughs> one that I did with that. And uh, it was, it was this feeling of, I just want to go hide. And I think everybody's been in, in that situation before in their life where you just feel like so defeated and so crushed and maybe you don't like yourself and, and maybe shame is your companion. And that's, I found myself feeling like you'll never be good enough. You'll, you'll never be able to do what you want to do. You know, that first doctor's words were crushing to me. You're just going to have to live with this. This is just the way you are. And so I stopped. I just said, you know, I just want to go hide. I don't want to do any of this anymore. And I was so devastated and so embarrassed. And I also, you know, even though I loved to, um, to talk about this with young girls, talk about, you know, sharing your, your body with one person in your life, the man you're going to marry. I loved to do that. And to talk about that with young girls, I felt like I can't even do that anymore. And so I just, I kind of sat back and, and I remember one night, especially being super just depressed and looking in the mirror at myself and just saying, I hate you. I hate, mm. I hate my body. God, why did you ma- do this? Why did you make me like this? Cause I really felt like this is the way that I was. As a woman, you all, I mean, I remember growing up with body issues, mm-hmm. and, but I can't even imagine I just need to walk away from the cookie jar. Let's be honest. That was my issue. But with (laughs) you, you couldn't do any of that. You were doing everything you could. So to make that even harder, I just can't imagine the feelings of self-hate that you had, that you talked about what you were experiencing. It was a constant voice. Uh, And a lot of people deal with that from, you know, one side or the other. And then know what I'm talking about when I say that it was a voice that talked to me constantly. Um, If I was going out in front of people, I constantly felt that they were staring at me, that I wasn't pretty enough, that I wasn't, you know, good enough to be accepted that, you know, and so it it snowballed into this thing where um, it became who I was. It, It truly took over who I was meant to be until I was hiding the real me under this layer of put on a happy face on the outside. You know, my pastors are, uh, my parents are pastors. So I was, I'm a PK, you know, some around like church people acting all um, fine, you know, or wherever it was at work or at college. And then on the inside, I was dying inside. And I'm a very private person. So I didn't even talk to my parents or my family a lot about this. They knew what I was going through physically, but I don't think they even understood because I didn't open up and share with anyone what I was going through mentally. And that was the hardest part. And I think isolation is such a, a liar. It, you know, it makes you feel like you have to be alone, that nobody understands what you're going through. So for anybody who feels that way, I can just say when I finally was able to open up and share some of these thoughts with someone Um, there was a mentor in my life, an older lady who prayed with me and she kind of spoke into my life. And when I finally opened up and shared, like, these are the thoughts running through my head. And I never wanted, I mean, I didn't want to keep living. I didn't know if I could keep living, but I didn't want to kill myself. So I was kind of stuck in between this thing of, okay, I, I don't really want to keep living, but yet I'm not going to commit suicide. So I'm just going to exist. And that was where I found myself in my early 20s, um, just after I had graduated college. And I had multiple nervous breakdowns during that, panic attacks, um, anxiety, all of that kind of then came on. You know, um, I thought I was dying at times. I felt like I was physically dying. I had all of these 
uh, symptoms of a nervous breakdown several times that would happen because I was struggling with who I was. It was an identity crisis on top of the physical pain that I was going through. Can you tell that my wife is on the edge of her seat right now, Amy? Oh my gosh. I, I'm don't fall off your chair, I'm honey. literally on the edge of my seat. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, Amy. So you started talking to this woman. Yeah. How did she speak life into you? She called it out. And I think isolation causes things to grow and get bigger. And so because I had not talked to anyone about the self-hatred, it had grown into this monster that was eating me alive. And when she talked to me and I finally shared, you know, I'm dealing with this self-hatred. I really, I, I do. I, I just hate who I am. I hate my body. And the, you know, these are the thoughts that I'm thinking right now. I just don't know if I can keep on living. And she, she just talked to me from this, almost as a, as a grandmotherly influence of, honey, 10 years from now, none of this is going to matter. You are going to be free from this. This is not the way your body was meant to be. Um, you need to just pray and ask what you need to do to get past this. But right now, you know, let's, let's talk about this and just having a listening ear and getting it out in the open made it go from this huge monster to then something that was a little bit more manageable. I wasn't going crazy by myself and I could text her and I could call her and reach out for help when I was having a really, really hard day. And so she also talked to me about like, Hey, let's talk about the man you want to marry. So she kind of got my eyes off the problem. And I think that's super important. Um, depression comes from our predominant thoughts. So what are the thoughts that we're thinking? That's actually where depression is stemming from most of the time is, okay, I'm thinking these thoughts about myself that are horrible. And so I remember, you know, her saying, let's, let's focus on the future. Let's focus on your dreams. Let's talk about who you want to marry. Let's talk about what you want to accomplish in your life. And she was the one who challenged me along with my parents to change my, my view of my, my future. And she was super encouraging. And I, I think we all need somebody like that. Who's just going to encourage us through those dark times, someone we can call. Steph, do you know what I don't like? What? I don't like it when you leave me and the kids home alone, completely unsupervised to go get your hair done at Chloe & Co. Kevin, think of it as bonding time with you and the kids. And then of course, mama time for me. Okay, yeah, sure. But I do like it when you walk through the door looking all fresh and beautiful when you get home. Friends, Chloe & Co. Salon & Spa is a full-service salon offering the latest techniques in hair color, cuts, and extensions, as well as a nail bar and spa. You guys, I love, love, love going there. It is so much fun, and they make you feel so beautiful after you leave. Now, I haven't been there, but I've been told they're located in Alexandria, which is right between New Albany and Granville. Check out their Instagram at Chloe and Co. Salon or their website at ChloeCoSalon.com. That's C-H-L-O-E-C-O-Salon.com. They are a proud sponsor of... Tell us a good story. Let's go to page 70. Under the title, The X-rays. Okay. I started seeing a new chiropractor who did some X-rays. And when I saw those X-rays, I saw the inside of the body that had hurt for nine years. He showed me on the X-rays where I had indeed lost curvature in my lower back and where some of the lower vertebrae seemed pushed outward, out of place. It looked like something inside there was pushing out on all of my bones. My intestines were pushed up into my ribcage, 
much like a pregnant woman's. When I saw those x-rays, I had a choice. What do I do now, Lord? I thought. What if I have to have a serious surgery? What if by removing the growth, they have to remove other organs? What if I need a hysterectomy? I started thinking about my dream of having children. What if my lifelong desire to be a mother came crashing into my heart? Tears sprung to my eyes at the intensity of these emotions. Jason and I had just celebrated our first anniversary, and we were ready for a family. But in the back of my mind, I had worried about this health issue, knowing it would make it very difficult to carry a baby, perhaps even impossible. Would I ever hold my own precious little one in my arms? Wow. Yeah, that that night was very profound in the sense that up to that point, I had kind of given into this. I had kind of said, okay, you know, I'm just going to do what I can do and manage it and survive. And I saw I had gotten into this cycle of survival until that night when I really, I, I literally looked at these two pictures of us as babies. And I just had this intense desire to have my own children like I had always had, but it came crashing on me so strongly. I felt some, I fell to the floor in tears and I literally just, just sobbed into the carpet, you know, God, if you have an answer for this, show me what it is. And this fight rose up, this anger rose up in me so strong that night. And I, I made a decision, a quality decision. And I think that's where all change happens first. All change comes from a quality decision that we make. And so I made that decision that night. I don't care what it takes, whatever I have to do, whatever I need to do to get healthy mentally, to get healthy spiritually, to get healthy in my soul realm, to get healthy in my body, I'm going to do it because there's something on the other side of that. And so I went through this period of, of um, just seeking answers, seeking truth. Truth is there. And, you know, maybe some, some listeners don't necessarily believe in the supernatural realm or they don't necessarily even believe in God. But for me, I knew there was something greater than the physical stuff I was seeing. And I knew the darkness, the evil feelings that I had felt, the self-hatred that I had felt was coming from something other than just natural, you know, stuff, not just natural mind stuff. I knew, and, and all of us see that, that the depth of evil in the world is a supernatural, a spiritual thing, just like the, the goodness of God is a supernatural thing. And so that night I felt the love of God and the acceptance of God come crashing into my heart. And for the first time in a very, very long time, I felt good enough. I felt accepted. I felt like I was worthy and I felt like, okay, um, that shame and that self-hatred is leaving. And so that was, that was the beginning really of the journey of healing. So Amy, what did you change, I guess, in your daily life prior to this supernatural healing manifesting itself? Yeah. So from that night onward to uh, what we're going to talk about in a minute, which is my, my, my healing night, um, I decided to shut off the TV, the radio, um, all the negative influences. I just shut them down. And I said, you know what, if I'm going to change my mindset and what I'm thinking about, I've got to be drastic about this because I knew that the dark thoughts were going to be there. The fear was going to be there at every rise. If I let it be, 
And so all of us are, are inundated with fear and we don't even realize it. We don't realize our Facebook feed, our news apps, our everything is inundated with fear. And when I shut those messages off, I literally deleted all those things off my phone, all my news apps, all my social media. I, I turned off the radio. I didn't watch anything on TV for 30 days. And what I chose to do was, was literally saturate my mind with positivity from the Bible, positivity from other people. Um, I surrounded myself with strong messages of health and healing. And I also spoke scriptures that are positive affirmations, really. Um, scriptures from the word of God over my body. Um, I, and I did this at least four times a day. And I would speak it out loud because science has proven that if you speak something out loud from your mouth, that your body and your cells will all start activating to create that reality. So if you, you know, if somebody believes that they're sick, your body, your cells will actually start to degenerate. If you believe that you're well and you start speaking those things over your body, um, the human body will actually start to do the things that you speak. So for instance, a lot of us say this, we say, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And actually, when we say those things out of our mouth, our body starts to activate that reality and put it into place. So there was that aspect of, okay, I've got to change what I'm thinking. I've got to speak the right things over my life. But also that physical scientific reality of the, you know, the positive thoughts and all those things that we hear about that are so good for us, coupled with the supernatural reality of what God had said about me, that I was loved, that I was accepted just the way I am, that I was good enough, that he loved me, that he had created me for a purpose that he had dreams for me that I couldn't even imagine, um, that he hadn't given up on me, that he hadn't set me on a shelf and said, oh, you're damaged goods, you're broken, you know, I can't use you. You're... No, that, that wasn't the truth. And so there's a difference between facts, the facts that we see in the world, um, the facts we see on TV, the fact that this is going wrong in our body or that's going wrong in our finances, whatever those facts may be saying. There's a difference between facts and truth. And so what I challenged my mindset and my body with was the truth that I was perfect just the way God created me, that, that he didn't make me broken, that he didn't create me to live in pain. That wasn't my destiny. That wasn't my future. And my husband was a huge part of that because he would also speak those truths over me daily and encourage me not to give up and encourage me to fight and, you know, encourage me like the great future we were going to have, the children we were going to have. And so, um, through that first year, though, I had so many infections. I had so many issues with eating and uh, feeling physically ill constantly and dealing with these aches and these pains and all of these horrible things going on in my body at that time. Didn't you have a bunch of issues even on your honeymoon right after you got married? Yeah. So my husband and I um, got married. It was a wonderful day. Um, we head out on our honeymoon. And I think it was a few days later, um, we went on a cruise and I ended up so sick in the middle of the night. I was shaking violently. I was white as a ghost. I was vomiting. I was, um, my eyes were rolling back in my head. Jason is freaking oh. out. He's caught, he calls the sick bay of the hospital. You know, they wake up the doctor on the hospital, on the, uh, 
ship. They, they wheel me in a wheelchair to the sick bay. I was semi-conscious. So even as they're asking me questions in the sick bay, I can't really answer. My husband is having to answer for me because I'm, I'm kind of in and out of consciousness. I remember blacking out, you know, so many times as I'm laying there in the sick bay, ended up spending the night there. Um, they put me on really strong medications and she kind of, you know, she kind of said, well, you, you have this really bad infection in one of your organs. I'm not sure what it is necessarily, but I'm just going to put you on some really strong antibiotics and some other medications and let's see how you feel in 24 hours. So that's what they did. Um, and I started feeling better. So it, it, it took up probably a good, you know, four days of our, of our honeymoon trying to oh, recover and get over this, whatever, you know, whatever was causing these issues. And I would have episodes like that um, where I would just shake violently. So yeah, it, it happened in our honeymoon. It happened um, many, many times during that first year where I would be up all night um, just fighting this um, sickness and these feelings. And you have to know something about me. I absolutely cannot stand hospitals and I cannot stand, you know, being like, I don't like medical things. Steph, I'm not a nurse like you are. I can't, I can't deal with stuff like that. So if I can avoid it at all costs, so I'd be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like he'd be like, we're going to the hospital. No, I'm fine. And I would fight him every time if I, I was like, I'm fine. I'm not going to the hospital. I'm not going to the hospital. You know, but we, we ended up spending thousands and thousands of dollars in our first year of marriage on medical bills and seeing doctors. And then, and then they would rep, you know, send me to another doctor and I would go to another doctor after that. And um, it was just craziness. Well, Amy, tell us what happened on September 28th, 2010. Yeah. So on September 28th, that night, I, it was a normal night. Um, I, I went to bed, um, feeling really bad, feeling sick, feeling ill, really, really in pain, um, in my body. So I did my normal routine, you know, weighed myself, brushed my teeth, washed my face, got my PJs on, got in bed and, I spoke my, my affirmations and my healing scriptures over myself one last time before I went to bed and um, went to sleep. And the next thing I knew, um, our alarm goes off that next morning, uh, actually on September 28th, the alarm goes off and my husband kind of sits up in bed and he kind of just looks over, you know, says, good morning, looks over at me and I sit up and he goes, whoa, what happened to your body? And I'm like, what do you mean? What happened? What's wrong? What's wrong with, you know, like thinking like something's wrong. He's like, no, what happened to your body? You need to go look in the mirror. And as I sat up, I felt something different. I, I, I literally, I looked down and I'm like, what happened? You know, I, I, so I jump out of bed and I run to the mirror and I burst into tears because what I see there is a completely new body. Um, that growth that had been that tumor that had been there was completely gone. My spine was curved. It wasn't straight. Uh, my legs were limber. They were loose. I could stand up tall without any pain. My stomach wasn't hurting like it normally did. I felt incredible and I had slept like a baby all night. I had not woken up once. I didn't get up and, to go to the restroom or anything. I wake up and I literally have a brand new body. I mean, I literally look in the mirror and do not recognize myself. And my husband is just, he's just sitting there with this shocked look on his face. And so what really got me though, Stephanie was, I 
I, I snap a picture with my cell phone and I text it to my mom and my mom who had seen me, you know, struggle through this, even before I was married, struggled with me through it and really was fighting for, you know, being my advocate. She gets this text from me of my body and she's, she calls me. She's like, what happened? What is going on? And I tell her, I'm like, mom, you will not believe this, but I went to bed one way and I woke up the next morning completely healed overnight, completely different. And when you say completely different, let me be very clear. You woke up 13 pounds lighter and you had lost nine inches from your waist. Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason I know that is I literally had just been measured for a bridal gown to be in my cousin's wedding. So I grabbed a measuring tape because I had my measurements written down already. And I, I measured my waist because I'm like, what is the difference here? You know, it's, it's drastic. Nine inches, completely gone. Um, 13 pounds. I weighed myself. I had weighed myself the night before 13 pounds gone. I didn't lose fluid. There were, it was gone. It was, it had completely disappeared. My spine, which had been, um, the, the back of it had been pushed out. So the lower part was straight and you could feel all of my vertebrae sticking out. I mean, you could feel all of these bumps and lumps from my vertebrae in the lower part. It was completely normal and curved, just like it is right now. And I can reach down and touch my toes right now. Um, I could not do that for almost nine years. I could not touch oh. my toes. I could not bend over. I couldn't bend side to side. I couldn't jog. I couldn't work out. Any cardio was out of the question. All of that was instantly changed in one night as I slept. And if someone asks me, and, and again, maybe they don't even believe in God, but it, it, I have people ask me all the time, do you really think God did that? I went to see my doctor and I told her what had happened and she was just as shocked as I was. <laughs> and, and I told her, God healed me. You know, God healed me. Here's what happened. God healed me. And she just kind of stared at me and she's like, well, whoever did this for you, did you a big favor? And we don't need to see each other anymore. Like you, you know, we'll do a checkup in another couple months, but she was just as shocked as I was. My, my mom drives over that morning as I text her that picture and she runs into the door. She bursts into tears when she sees me standing mm. there at wearing a tight fitted shirt that I would never have worn, you know, before. And she hugs me because she's like, when, when she used to hug me, she could feel my spine sticking out. She could feel that growth. She hugs me for the first time in nine years and does not feel that. She, she's like, we have to go show your brothers. But I, you know, I have two brothers. I have two sisters, um, my dad. So we drive over to their house. She calls the family. She's like, you have to come over tonight. You have to come see what happened to Amy's body. So we all have this like family reunion and my brothers are crying. My sisters, they're, you know, it was very, very sweet moment of just standing in the victory and seeing what had happened. Um, and I can tell you this, you know, from that moment till now, I've never had another infection. I've never been in the hospital for another infection. I've never had any more pain. I've never had any other issues with my body, no digestion, pain, nothing of that sort. And, um, that has been, let's see, um, we have been married for 11 years now. So that's been 10 years ago. 10 years ago that I was healed. And from that point to this, we've had three amazing, beautiful children that I know are miracles that would not be here today if not for God's healing me. 
Um, and I carry, I literally carry these two pictures around in my purse because I tell so many people about my story. Um, I carry around my before and after picture that shows the growth and maybe you guys can put it up in a better way for people to see, but um, I show the before and after picture of where you can see the growth in my abdomen and the next day um, it was completely gone. You can see, and then I carry around the picture of my spine, my spinal uh, uh, x-rays where people can see the curve is back and um, you know, that, that mass is gone. I carry those around in my purse because I, I meet people day in and day out who are hopeless, who don't feel like there's anything that can change in their life. Maybe it's a health issue. Um, maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe, maybe it's a marital issue, whatever it is. There's something that they're going to talk about in, in passing, whether, you know, we're just saying hey to each other or, you know, somebody who's going to be in my life that day who needs to hear my story. And so I pull those out of my purse and I talk about it because I have physical evidence that God is real. The supernatural realm is real. Um, that doctors can't explain everything that science, you know, it, it can explain a lot, but um, there's something that's better and even stronger than what we can see with our physical eyes. And the people that I've shared that with have always been blown away and just, you know, it's brought hope to a lot of people. So the two pictures that you just showed us here on this Zoom call, how many hours are between those two images of when you have a tumor and when it's completely gone? Yeah. What's the time difference on those? So there's eight hours difference between those. No, I didn't go get surgery. No, nothing happened except for I literally went to went to bed at night. Um, and there, so there's eight hours difference that that second picture was snapped the next uh, day after I was healed. Um, and that weekend, when I went back to my church, and all of my friends who had seen me, you know, for many years struggling with this, and people had even, you know, passed around rumors about me that didn't know me real well, like, you know, she's pregnant, blah, 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 you know, and they saw what God had done and were completely floored. So, it was amazing. Well, and from a nursing standpoint, surgical, I mean, I did surgery um, in my career. There's no way you would look that good. Eight hours later. Eight hours later. Even if you <laughs> had week, surgery. A week right, later. Right, you're not right. going to look that good because that would have been major, major right. surgery. Yeah. I mean, possibly life or death. You're losing, possibly losing yeah. organs. If yeah. that, with that mass being entwined with yeah. other organs. Right. I mean, we're talking life or death for surgery. Right. 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 She's not going to look that beautiful eight hours later after surgery. Like, there's no <laughs> way. So, you know... It wasn't surgery. Yeah. It's just, oh. And you know what? I've heard the story so many times. And what got, like, of course, I'm over here, like, tears. My eyes are hurting because <laughs> mascara is in my eyes. But this time, I put my perspective, or I put myself in your mom's shoes. Because mm-hmm. as a mom, you never want to see your children hurting. No. Right? No. Absolutely so not. To have my daughter call mm. me. That I'm sure Pastor Drenda has been on her knees yes. praying for yes. you. Yeah. And to see that manifest and to hear the joy in her, I can't yeah. even talk. I'm just like, <laughs> to hear the joy in my mm. daughter knowing that she was healed. Like, I can't even imagine the emotions that went through your parents. Right. Calling up that. the whole family. We're oh, having a yeah. family reunion. Family <laughs> right meeting now, today. It's yeah. happening. Yeah. Get over here. You don't have a choice. 
And like, it's just, it's ugh. so true. And, you know, now that I have a daughter myself, I, I can't imagine either Stephanie, you know, what they were feeling as well. So personal question here. How long until you went on a little shopping spree for a <laughs> new wardrobe? Because oh, you, if you that know. were, if that were me, I would be wearing skinny jeans, like immediately. <laughs> you would be wearing yoga pants every day, stuff. For sure. How um, long? If it, you know my mom, <laughs> she is the shopping queen. She can literally dress anyone in five minutes or less, like pick out the best stuff. And so she was like, throw away all those clothes. We are going <laughs> shopping this weekend. And That's literally, awesome. she took me and bought me a, an amazing, beautiful new wardrobe. And it was like such a proud moment for her because I she's bet. like, and I was like, I'm never wearing any of this stuff ever again in my life. I wanted to get rid of it all because it represented shame. It represented trying yeah. to wrap myself up so no one could see me. And so I got rid of all those clothes. She bought me this beautiful new wardrobe and I could wear like three sizes smaller um, than what I could before. So I was buying all of these sizes that I'm like, I can't believe this. This is, you know, this is, and literally we're standing in the dressing room bawling our eyes out <laughs> because we're just like in shock still at that moment. And she's crying and I'm crying. We're like, I'm buying this size. Can you believe it? Like I'm buying this size. So not only that, but it was just the freedom of not having to worry about um, being sick and not having to worry about what I looked like and actually accepting, you know, myself and my body. Now I have a mom body now, you know, I'm not ashamed of like the fact that now I've born three children. I don't look exactly, I'm not exactly the same size as what I was then, but I am so thankful for this body and I love this body and I, I've never... I've never let myself dive deep back into that self-hatred, even though I may not always have been, you know, where I want to be weight-wise, but I'm like, I'm so thankful this body was able to bear children. I'm so thankful that I'm not sick. I'm so thankful, God, that I can, you know, jog or walk. I'm so thankful. And so anybody who's been through a serious illness, I think understands that feeling of, I'm so thankful. I don't even care what I look like. I'm so thankful that my body can function normally and I can do the things that I want to do and see my children and play with them and I homeschool them and just, you know, live life. That's not something that I saw as possible 10 years ago. I want to go back to something you said earlier when you're like, you and your mom are crying in the dressing room because I can't <laughs> believe I'm on the size. How old were you when you were healed? I was 26 because it was a year after we were married. So you were 26 years old. Can you imagine going to the dressing room and you have no clue what size you are? Yeah. Like, that's interesting to me. Like, you're, like you're, you're pulling off close and you're like, I don't even know what size I am. <laughs> yeah. Like, but that's such an exciting it thing. It was crazy. Right? And, and the lady, so, so the lady cool. helping us in the store, she, my mom tells her the story. She's bawling. We're all crying, <laughs> you know, but it's like happy tears now. And so it was, it was amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, listeners, we would highly, highly, highly encourage you to check out this book. You can get it at healedovernight.com. That's her website. Can you get it on Amazon as well? It's and, on Amazon. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And there's a digital book on there on all of the ebook platforms. So, yeah. And her worship band called Open Heaven oh, recently released so good their newest album titled Triumph that yes. you can get on iTunes, Spotify, 
and all the other digital yes. platforms. Yes. You need to get all of their albums. Yes. All of their albums <laughs> are phenomenal. Excellent. Thank so, you. And I, yes. It, phenomenal. So for more information about Amy, you can go to amyfrutiger.com. We will put that in the show notes so you see that on Apple Podcast and our website. Well, Amy... Thank you so very much for sharing your story with us. Your book. Thank you guys. Phenomenal. Thank you so much for saying yes to us. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate what you guys are doing, sharing some positive stories out there. It's what everybody needs to hear right now. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to support this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts. You can rate and review this episode. Also, for those who have asked us how to financially support, you can go to kevinandsteph.com and order one of our books of You Met Her Where. Thank you so much for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.